you've entered the gray area, the intersection of culture and technology. I'm your host, Angela Benton. Okay, back at it again. And um, today we have I'm actually really excited. I'm I'm excited about all of our conversations, but, <laughs> but I'm really excited about this conversation with Keenan Weaver. And so um, for those of you that might just be tuning in, um, I'll do posts from time to time asking folks who are based in L.A. Some folks may be b- visiting L.A. if they want to be a guest co-host on the gray area. And so um, my whole thought process around that is really to just have regular old conversation, good old fashioned conversation and dialogue. And so um, Keenan Weaver um, reached out to me and I had, so when I'm, when I'm picking as co-host, I'm really just, I'm, I don't really have a ton of background information. I really am just kind of going with my gut. And so um, Keenan, I'll let you explain your background and everything. And then you guys will understand as we get through the conversation while I'm so excited um, to have Keenan on, especially given um, everything that I've been talking about. But Keenan, tell us about what you're working on, your background in technology. Yeah. Um, so for 15 years, I've been helping enterprise organizations digitize some part of their business process. Um, so it's always changed. Um, I've helped the banking industry with their data. I've helped HR companies with their workforce management solutions and institute that across. And today I'm doing that for the mortgage industry. Okay. Um, so that's my background. Um, I'm located in L.A. now, originally from New York, mm-hmm. uh, because part of that journey I decided to, like, live a life without regret. Yeah. And I tried stand-up comedy. Right. Um, so back in New York, I was doing it for like five years, and I got the chance to create a show, but also pitch that show. Oh, wow. So okay. I was going like back and forth, mm-hmm. and then something told me to like, you know, just go all in. Why not? And um, right before the HBO pitch, I just bought a one-way ticket. Yeah. And I haven't been back to New York since. I love it. <laughs> like last year. I love it because you only really have one life. A lot of times we forget that. Um, okay, so a lot of your work in banking and compliance, you actually mentioned that you had, and guys, I did not know any of this prior to having <laughs> Keenan on, but he actually has experience um, doing compliance with GDPR. And so GDPR is basically the privacy law for the EU, EU. data privacy law. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as the globe goes, that's pretty much what set the precedent yep. for governments protecting its citizens on the data breaches and the data access, these large organizations and small organizations. Um, so that then has now creeped up to the U.S. That is mm-hmm. always a little bit behind right. um, being reactionary. And while we haven't gotten a bill for federal yet, which is right. what the EU is, it's across the board. Yep. Um, we have a few states California's, which is the CCPA that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Nevada has a light one. Yeah. And I believe Maine. Right. And, and then New York it. has something that's bubbling up. Too. In, so other states definitely have conversations. Yeah. And but these are the first three in the U.S. that are implemented in an effect. Right. And so, guys, these um, regulations are important because it's what helps you actually own your data. And so a lot of people are they don't it just seems like from what I've been talking about on Instagram a lot of people don't know 
or understand what it really means number one to get your data to own it and like what the hell do you do with it afterwards yeah so to back up we'll give the it's the california consumers privacy act mm -hmm. and uh, basically it's for businessing businesses that does business in california mm -hmm. so it's not a business that operates in california you could be home-based in new york right and if you have somebody that's that lives in the state of California, interact with your site and you collect data, um, you would have to be compliant to the CCPA. Right. And so that is pretty much every business. Um, California is huge. It's the fifth largest economy in the world. So pretty much every business, you're going to have at least one customer in California. And so I think a lot of people are, they hear CCPA, California, um, Consumer Privacy Act, and they think California, so it doesn't have right, anything doesn't to, do, have with to it. do with me. But it does. It actually affects, you know, all of us. Um, and so what it says is uh, what you were saying, that companies have to comply by providing their data or consumer data to them. So they have to have the right to delete it. Correct. Yeah. Um, ask for it. You have to be able to ask for it. Also, um soft plug for streamlytics right now but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is actually why we launched get my data and so if you guys are interested in doing a data request um you can do so on getmydata.io um we're actually making some changes and updates when we launched it we were the first service to actually launch this on january 1st um and so many companies were still they hadn't launched their privacy portals yet or anything like that um, and so many companies were still kind of in the process of doing that. And, and the data request process was somewhat manual. Um, I think for a fair amount of companies that that's been kind of worked out, there's still a few companies that, oops, provide you your data, mm -hmm. but it's not all your data, really. It's like partial Apple being one of them. Um, and so you can still use getmydata.io to request your data um, and really just to do it all in one step. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a great step. Like I uh, personally feel the intent was good. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the application and execution. We're right. very early, so I don't under, I'm not going to really judge it, yeah. but I'm leery about it. Um, for what two are you points. leery about? Uh, one... As we kind of stated, the GDPR is for federal. Right. So I'm not federal, but across their unions mm -hmm. now, not Britain. Right. <laughs> they opted out. Right. Um, but here it's going to be piecemeal unless our federal government gets uh, compliance across the board. Right. So it's really hard. You mentioned some of the larger companies. It's definitely going to be hard for them. But what about those like the next tier yeah. that... Um, you know, might not have the huge resources to get this under order in time. For sure. Um, so when GDPR came, they actually, business had two years yeah. but with the law in hand. And here they got the last finalized draft in October of 2019. So that's right. two months. Mm -hmm. um, and the attorney general, while is not going to really enforce the law till January, uh, July, July 20th. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's very quick. It is very quick, yeah. Um, it's very quick, but I I think it's needed, though, mm -hmm. just because of 
what the world is changing yeah. right now and like everything is powered off data and um you know we have a uh, episode that even talks about healthcare data um and so the implications i think i think a lot of times people think social media data but it's like no oh, it's deeper it's <laughs> like just it's way PII, which is anything that identifies yeah your person through the internet yes and pii is um personal identifying information for for those of you um that don't know um so uh actually we can pull up this this article um and we were talking about this a bit over email um what was interesting about this is it's basically the first ccpa related cases um basically class action lawsuits and kind of what they are revealing so what did what did you think about this um, article? i guess this is one reason why i'm leery yeah. um uh, i guess this entity one, she was trying to sue for a breach that happened prior to the effect of the law. Mm -hmm. So it's probably going to get completely thrown out. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like a sign of what's to come. And why I think because I help businesses, I'm looking at it through their lens. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be hard to figure out what negligence is. Yes. With, when it comes to the data breaches. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, par partly, okay, that's partly because there is no third party involved right. in this. And so that is, that's actually part, part of why we even launched Get My Data. Mm -hmm. Because what we noticed is even if there was not necessarily a breach, but let's just say, you know, a company wasn't compliant no one really knows that outside of the consumer and outside of the business. And it only really gets escalated if the consumer takes the initiative, right? So there's almost like this need for a third party person to track, you know, requests or whatever and actually work with lawmakers. I, uh, I mean, you mentioned how fast times are changing and yeah. I really think that that third party should be governmental. Yeah. We have our three branches. Yeah. I feel like at this day and age, we need a fourth branch yeah. that is strictly, t you know, has a tech background and figures out just how to protect their citizens with technology yeah. as it changes. Um, I mean, I watch all the congressional hearings when, when Zuckerberg had to go to D.C., mm -hmm. Google CEO had to go. And I'm watching these senators and politicians ask questions that I have know. no idea yeah, what they're talking they about. They don't. They don't. And, <laughs> so, I, and I've read a lot of hearings just, just mainly because of the work that we're doing with Streamlytics. I've read a lot of hearings and it's interesting the questions that are being asked. You can tell they're being asked from someone who doesn't have deep knowledge. And so even even in the respect of this is it's concerning because it's how the the laws being written by people who exactly. don't really understand technology um, that much. So, you know, even I think the last episode we talked about um, in the law. uh basically consumers being able to actually have their data and, and the data actually being portable. Okay. Well, Google, Facebook, you know, Amazon, everybody is like, okay, fine. Here, here's your data, but you can't really do anything with it. It's, you can't even transfer it to another service. There's no kind of unified format or anything. And, and lawmakers who don't necessarily have a background in technology are like, 
they're just saying, okay, well, yeah, they they provided the data. That's what we asked for. Okay, check. But it's not really check. It's because right. it's still not really usable. And I'll give you a gap that they probably didn't look at. This is a big opportunity for phishing scams. Mm. If you're not verifying the identity of the person that is requesting your data mm-hmm. or the ways that is being requested, right. someone else can request your information oh, sure. have, having just two or three pieces of information that might right. be public record yes. and then get all your data. Yeah. So so actually, let's talk about GDPR, because in in um, the EU, I think part of what they require is an ID yes. to actually request your data. Um, and they've been doing uh, iterations and mm-hmm. amendments to it and things of that nature. I, I, I feel... If I was a citizen, much more safe <laughs> there mm-hmm. as opposed to here. I think they're a little bit more competent. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the fact that they have theirs across the board, you see the fines coming in now. Right. Um, you know, Facebook was just hit with one a couple of weeks ago yeah. um, from the EU. So I think uh, there was a clear definition of how it was going to be executed and enforced Mm. um and like i said that was clear for two years yeah so if you weren't ready pay that 50 mil like i have no no (laughs) sympathy for you right um here i definitely have sympathy for some of these businesses um i get the again the intent to me is very good it's needed as a consumer but what is it actually protecting? I'm not sure just yet. Mm-hmm. Got to wait for that to happen, um, f- to wait and see. But you should be able to delete your data. That's cool if you want to request that. Mm-hmm. If you want to request your data, that's good. Um, the opt-in of it, it, it's it's tricky. What do you what do you think it's tricky about? Um, and I think everyone is probably seeing this. So so what we're talking about the opt-in um, thing is you may notice as you're going to different websites on your phone or otherwise, um, you'll get a pop-up that basically allows you to opt in to share your data before you peruse, you know, the rest of the site. And so what do you think is tricky about that? I just think uh, consumers aren't even educated on it. Most of us go to a webpage and we just click whatever the button is necessary to 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 move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's different, regulations for the ages mm-hmm. so um i think the age is 16 they have the option to opt in anybody older we are opting out if you're a california state resident mm. um okay. but as i stated across the board if you're not of this state but you do business with people that are residents of it um you're kind of just going to make something that's probably just like all right let me focus on being compliant with CCPA mm-hmm. and then whether you live in Virginia, you just right. have to go through this. Thing. So now what are they opting into? Right. Right. Well, <laughs> th- but this is exactly why we need a federal right. law around it. So um, what are your thoughts around um, timeline? Like how, I mean, you know, Grant, it's not, it's not that you're necessarily in policy, but just with your experience with GDPR and everything, what do you think, timeline is going to be for implementation of um, a federal law that protects you know our data i mean granted everything is being dealt with at the state level Mm -hmm. um so you mentioned like i think the top three states that are kind of leading 
um, this effort. But like how I mean, how long do you I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen in 2020 just because it's an election year and, you know, that's it's other stuff going on. But how long do you think? Well, it's I think uh, just because of the election year, you're automatically going to put it a, a, out a year. Sure. Till the new whatever administration um, turns over, if it does turn over, hopefully I'm praying to God it turns over. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but not until after that. Right. Not even going to see anything. Right. Um then that's probably going to be another year for whatever that administration is. Even if it's the current administration, they haven't done nothing in the four. Right. So federally, I think we're at least two years out. Yeah. Um, and then that's when you're going to see these other states. Like I said, I, I commend California. They're always progressive in, you know, these technical laws. Mm-hmm. Um, so cause they had one in 2003 as well for mm-hmm. the data. Uh and that was like an online consumer act that they created. Uh, so they're always up ahead of it. But when we start getting 13 states and 25 states, uh, technically this is going to be like a huge ordeal. It's a, just sure. like a, a patchwork. Yeah. Um, that I don't know. Yeah. It, may, it definitely be. makes it complicated. Um, uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, so actually the next thing that I was going to ask you was, all right, so even in this conversation, I'm an advocate for the consumers. You have most of your experience working with businesses. Um, one of the things that I've noticed on the consumer side of things is partial data mm-hmm. being provided um, under the guise of a company giving you all of your data. And so, and I brought this up a little bit earlier in the conversation. Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed is just going through the data request process for like Apple, which is mm-hmm. huge. And um, I'm also comparing this to like a Google or a Facebook where I've been through their data request process. They give you everything. They're like here. Um, Apple. So have you received from your data from those two entities through this actual CCPA yeah. request? Okay. Mm-hmm. I've gotten my data from Amazon. I got, I have tons of data, but in part of it is, you know, the products and stuff that we're working on. I generally request my data so that we mm-hmm. have an initial data set um, that we are working from, just from a structure perspective. Um, I've requested my data from Amazon, Facebook, um, and and by Facebook, I mean Facebook proper, but right. Instagram, WhatsApp. How, about how long did it take for them to ref, ref, um, give oh, you your request? All of, okay, so Facebook is quick. You get it like within the same day. Um, Google, also quick. You get it basically within the same day. Um, Amazon is long as hell. <laughs> it takes about 20 to 23 days to actually get your data. I, in fact, I just initiate uh, initiated another data request from Amazon which I just got and I did that mm, maybe about two weeks ago but what I do notice is it's their time frame is getting shorter and shorter at least with Amazon mm-hmm. um, Apple maybe like two or three days my issue and honestly my beef with Apple is that they are such a huge company and you know, Tim Cook and company are taking the stance of being pro-privacy. Yeah, privacy is like their marketing scheme right now. Yeah, that exactly. They're marketing, they're Mm -hmm. marketing, you know, push or talking points. But 
when you actually request your data, they are not actually giving you all of your mm -hmm. data. Like when I look through my Google data, I can see everything. I can see my location data. You know, I used to be on Android. Like I, I was on Apple originally. Then I went to Android for a little bit. Now I'm back on Apple. But, um, you know, I can see like my location data from my phone and everything. Apple, um, they... It feels like they they try to focus more on the content that you are adding to the device. So let's just say pictures, right? Um, they do have an option where you can get your location data and stuff. But what was also most interesting is, you know, Google is not, when they're providing you your data, they're not taking, um, I guess, a stance of, we know you're not doing a lot on the phone. They know you're doing a lot on the phone and they're mm -hmm. saying, here's all the data that's associated right. with everything that you're doing in your life on the phone. Apple is not doing that. It's almost like Apple is. So did you receive something from Apple and it was just partial? Yes. Or, so I'm just going to be All of the, stream, all of the streaming data is not there. At devil advocate for it. Could that be that Apple has been working to make sure that they're not housing your data, they provided what they have. Because Apple devices, uh, they kind of store most of your data on the device, yeah. not in their cloud and their server. Mm -hmm. Google has everything that you <laughs> do. They have it, yeah. they can provide it. That's Apple takes some extra steps that other organizations aren't doing right. in order to make sure that they do not carry it. So let's say, let's do Google Maps versus right. Apple Maps. Right. All right. You put in a location um, that you're going to and how long you've been there, right. where you're coming back from, all of that. Google is one-to-one. -one. You have your location. They give it to you. Mm -hmm. Apple has an extra layer where when you make a request for a location, on their server, they actually throw like 10 other locations. Right. You get directions for yours, but the computing system and their what's in the cloud right. has 10. So it, right. it's harder to um, pinpoint. Did I just lose? It's hard. It's harder to pinpoint your location. Right. So I'm just wondering. I'm not. That's really a question. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I don't I don't know how they're. I don't really know the details of how they're processing um, a lot of the data, but what I, I do know is in order for Apple to make recommendations, they have to have your data because the recommendation engine is based on your data. So they have it. So if they're telling me what I should watch on Apple TV or on, you know, Apple music, it's because they know what I'm already listening to. So, so I guess, they do they do have the data yeah, they have just, some they're just not providing it to and regardless of if they have some of it or all of it whatever they have needs to be provided to the consumer yes. and what's happening though in the privacy portal they actually do say your your streaming data is excluded they say that in like little italics okay. um and even when you go through the process it's it's excluded so, i mean they're telling you that it's excluded but my whole thing is you know, I think the last time I checked, Apple was maybe like $1.2 trillion market cap. I just feel like, you know, the size of the company and the talking points around privacy and what's happening in actuality, I don't think there's room Good for enough. error. Okay. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I that's more of just like a, like a question. I don't yeah. know. Um, and But that's. 
that's what I mean by kind of like even leery on the actual protection of the consumer. Right. Because it's like when we get this, what are we doing? And did it protect us? Like this is here because of the Cambridge Analytics. Oh, for sure. Like, that's the only reason. Yes. Trying to prevent that. I don't see that being prevented in any way with this like how does so you requested your data now you gotta print out on your on your computer or you printed it out okay now what you might have requested to delete your data that's cool but are you gonna do that like every week right that every right but that but that's to your point where it's almost like you know what you're saying um even though when the law goes into effect like how how feasible is it right because it gets us there and and of course you have to start everywhere so no knock on that i'm happy about Mm -hmm. it and everything but like you said even if you delete your data like how often now are you going to delete your data are there you know mechanisms that will automatically delete your data you can just opt out from storing your data or actually some um some companies i think it might be I'm not going to say the the name of the company name because it's a big name and I I don't I need to fact check myself. But there was um, one large company streaming service that we were looking at and some of the smaller streaming services um, are also doing this who don't have privacy portals. They are limiting how often you can even request your data. So they're saying like you can request your data once a year, which is. (laughs) <laughs> like it's a FICO score. Yeah, like it's a FICO score. Exactly. Um, so I don't know what the point I was making about that. But it's it's really to your point is like, you know, we do have to start someplace, but it's like. It's too open. It's like yeah. a wild, wild, like it, I just don't know what the consequences are. Right. I think one thing that we um, overlooked also is you can request to make sure your data is not sold. Yes. Um, yeah. And at the moment, I think that's probably like the best option. Right. Like if that's something that you don't go do that request and make sure that yours that they're not selling your data to a third party. Sure. But after that, it's like I have no idea how to consult to a business to say, all right, these are the fines that are coming down. Right. Um, this is what you need to do to make sure that you don't get fines and then on the on the flip side for the consumer i'm like i don't know how much this is protecting so that's why mm-hmm. i'll like big up your stream lit- like that's needed like these right. entities are needed to actually protect in execution right intention right. i said the intention is good <laughs> right. i'm going for the execution yeah i don't know how the application of this is right going to Yeah. Well, that's part of what's exciting about this. Like, hopefully this will develop a whole ecosystem. And I'm sure you notice this um, with GDPR and working with companies there. It literally is like a whole ecosystem of new businesses popped up. Way like it's a new opportunity for any of you entrepreneurs out there. Yeah. Figure out one thing to solve within this mess. Right. And I'm pretty sure you might have a good exit or whatever you're trying to do with that. (laughs) Right. Okay, on that note, we are going to wrap. This was such a good conversation. But actually, Keenan, I wanted um, to give you the last word because, um, you know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs follow me. um, And I'm talking a lot now about how a lot of the privacy stuff is affecting um, consumers. But if you have any tips for, you know, entrepreneurs, smaller businesses in terms of what they should take into account with with data that they have on their customers, p- yeah, please feel I free. I think um, 
Uh, we definitely kept this at a very high level, but more mm-hmm. focused on these larger companies. Sure. If you're uh, like, say, a social media influencer and you have a companion website that collects some type of data, mm-hmm. uh, you really need to be up on this. Um, make sure that you are either qualified or disqualified from being compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three things. Look it up. Uh, one is like, uh, whether half of your revenue comes from the selling of other people's data. Right. Uh, so think like a blog. Yep. <laughs> right. Like if, right. if you're doing something and you're selling that data to ads, things of that nature, you might be compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have like uh, 50,000 residents of California throughout the year mm-hmm. touch your website and mm-hmm. interact with your website, mm-hmm. you would have to be compliant. Right. And the other threshold is twenty five million right. in revenue. Right. So there's three like thresholds. Sometimes they're counterintuitive. Sometimes yeah. they work together. Just go find out. And then of course this is a conversation from uh <laughs> just uh, we're not lawyers. <laughs> right. So you gotta consult with privacy laws and a lawyer to really, you know, get in the weeds if you're trying to do this. Thanks for that disclaimer. Yes, guys, we're not lawyers. <laughs> so <laughs> please contact um, an attorney if you want to learn more about California Consumer Privacy Act. You can also go um, to the state of California, the att- attorney general's website has a ton of very detailed information, um, about this and, and how to stay compliant. Um, you just gave like three really good points that people can do a deeper dive. Like, obviously if you're a very, very small company, this is not necessarily something you need to like stress about, but if you are a small business that's growing or like you say, you have a certain number, you're reaching a certain number of people that are in California, then yet something that you should um, take into account. And so, OK, great. On that note, this Damn, was thanks uh, for having me. I yes, really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming. And we'll have to have you back and maybe even do another episode that's maybe sp- specifically focused on business. Actually, guys, um, let me know if this is something that you want. DM me. If you're a small business and want another episode that's more detailed around compliance um, for small businesses, and then we can hook that up. Okay. All right. That's the gray area.